What? Yeah. Now I'm... Yeah, I'm behaving myself. I'm, no, I'm not playing in abandoned buildings. What? Again? Now. I suppose you had those people follow me again. Fine. Hey. This is Jimmy Farrow from Monty and the Farrow, and I want to thank all our subscribers. We have now passed 14,000 on our YouTube channel, but I want to ask our subscribers to take the next step for us and become a full-fledged member of Monty and the Farrow. Yeah, that's right, folks. There's three different levels to choose from. There's free shirts. There's free autographs. Just check it out and become a member of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Pharaoh. Later. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. At the board on this Saturday morning, Jared, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? How'd you like that breakfast, brother? Uh, French toast wasn't that good. I didn't hate it as much as you, though. <laughs> Man, the eggs were burnt. The turkey bacon was burnt. Listen, turkey I'm, bacon. Yeah, my bacon kind of sucked. <laughs> turkey bacon. Well, funny it tells you that turkey bacon's better than regular bacon is a fucking asshole. If anyone didn't know it, that is one of the all-time wrestling greats, Enzo, at the couch. So, you're into eating innocent animals then, Enzo. What? Innocent animals? Yeah. What the? Like pigs, who are as pigs. smart as we are. I don't really like swine, I'll be honest with you. Swine. I'm a swine guy. No, on a serious note, though, do you eat meat or are you... Uh... Oh, yeah, man. Um, dude... Yeah, yeah, I don't give a damn. Really? Uh, look, I'm not. It, it's uh, cognitive dissonance. That's what we call it. Innocence or not? Cognitive Yummy. dissonance. Yum it's when you don't see the crime being committed. It stays farther <laughs> away from your brain. So if you don't see the cow get slaughtered and put on the hamburger, you're just looking at a hamburger. Oh, I got so, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but is there any point that you're going to say, hey, let me just see what's happening to these innocent? Because, no, I, I, no, again, I'm in a change in my life. We're older than you, yeah. so I'm like in a change in my life where it's like, I love me you know, too. It's funny. I was just working. Uh, shout out MLW Major League Wrestling. I've been having a lot of fun on that program. If anybody wants to go check it out on Pro Wrestling TV, the app, a great idea. And I was totally behind it. Uh, I'm an independent contractor. And when I was the guinea pig in the process of being one of the first major uh, people out here on these streets with a million followers, what do you do? At that point in time, not many people outside of the WWE had left the company. We've seen so many people since me that had a, a, a prominent following on socials leave the company and have success outside of the WWE, uh, making substantial financial gains in the realm of media and, and monetization. So when I was the first guy really to do what I did when I got fired and, and I, I had a million uh, followers, well, there was no book written on how to do this. Like what? And I never wrestled on the indies. 
So I never was independent. So I, I, I had to, I had to, I had to figure it out. So uh, I, I love that there's so much opportunity for pro wrestlers now, and I love that this app that I can get behind, Pro Wrestling TV, this app, they're not paying me to say this at all. I'm just a pro wrestling fan, right? So imagine a place where everybody's independent library lives, like the WWE app, the WWE Network. But like small indie shows, you could go find, uh, you know, smaller promotions. You could find uh, prominent, you know, guys that are doing TV-esque products or YouTube-generated products. These things all live on this app. So if you download it, you could check out MLW. Um, it was formerly on YouTube. They still do some stuff on YouTube, Major League Wrestling. Check out some of the work I've done. But I was just uh, wrestling a guy named Microman, and and I'm having a, and I'm having one of my biggest feuds outside of WWE that I've ever had with the smallest wrestler in the world. And his manager is a guy named um, MSL, Mister Saint Laurent, right? And I'm going to tell you, like I told Mr. St. Laurent, there's nothing worse than an overweight vegan. You understand? Somebody hit their phone at the worst time. An <laughs> overweight vegan. There's nothing worse than an overweight vegan. And that's what I tell Mr. St. Laurent. So I, to, me, to me, you know, it is what it is, right? If you're going to fucking tell me you don't eat meat anymore and you're eating fucking pizza every day. Fuck out of here! You know, <laughs> you know what? That, you know that's a good point because most vegetarians are overweight, right? Because either eating cake or bread or some kind of carb. So processed bullshit, bro. It's like you know, cat calling the kettle black. Look at the label. If you can't buy that individual thing that is on that ingredient, recipe, you look at the recipe for Gatorade or something, and you see like X Y Z next to each other, mm -hmm. like fucking citric X O nine fucking seven eight. And it's like the names of these things that they're 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 putting in products. Th this is the poison. This is you go to Africa and you and they literally study the stool of humans, right? Like they're shit. Mm -hmm. Well, we replace fiber with these processed mm -hmm. foods, and you don't find that in the stool. The shit looks different in Africa, and the people <laughs> have a, a, a diet, and that shit has fiber in it, and they don't have problems. They don't have cancer. Okay, they do not have cancer. Why? Well, bro, I mean, we all saw, you know, in the 80s, Mad Men, they made a TV show out of it. They continue to uh, make money off of, off of, you know, all these terrible things that happen. Like, look at the movies that they make and the TV series that they make. Like, Dahmer, number one thing. Like, everything is about a murder. Everything that you see. So, they, they, imagine Hollywood... Like all these war movies, they, the, the same people who finance World War One and Two are financing the movies about them 30, 40 years later, right? <laughs> so, guys, just put two and two together. If you see the Marlboro got a fucking cool-ass cowboy as they're, you know, they're selling your favorite athletes got a milk mustache, got milk, got milk, got milk. You go back and you watch all these old commercials, and you're not buying the shit now that they were selling back then. All right, you see a commercial, you see through the veil, you see the holes in it. Right. Milk, we got the most jack guy, milk does a good body good. You got fucking Bo Jackson standing with a milk mustache with his shirt off, and kids are saying, Oh, I need milk. We got to give milk. Everybody in school, when 10 45 a.m. came around, they brought out milk. We got mm -hmm. milk in school, right? Mm -hmm. That milk had processed 
fucking pasteurized bullshit. Homogenized. Well, well, well milk, milk is cow pus. It's really, it's oh, cow pus. I mean, now. that's literally what it is. Gotta, well, let me ask you this. You're wearing a pimple boy, this and stuff. they're putting it in cartons, and they're giving it to kids, knowing full well what the damage of a cigarette is. Absolutely. We still got, we got the advertising, the marketing mechanism of a cowboy on a fucking, this is cool, this is what you want to be, James Dean smoking a cigarette, right? So... They've always known about these evils, bro. So these processed foods, all right? You call yourself a vegan? Well, if you can't buy the actual ingredient that is in that product on the shelf at that same store. So if you look at it, it says sugar. Okay, I can go buy sugar. It says salt. Okay, I can go buy salt. All right? It says oil. I can go buy oil. I can go buy vinegar. I can buy these things. But then you see the X O Y where the Z in that bitch and the red, H. Red dye number four? Right, exactly, bro. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you <laughs> see that shit and you're a vegan. You know, I didn't want to eat meat because I didn't want to kill it. Okay, yeah. maybe your morality said, I don't want to eat things that kill animals. Okay, cool. So you have no problem eating processed bullshit. But that's not what a vegan is. And that's mm. not what a fucking vegetarian is. So just say, I don't eat meat, motherfucker. Right. Right. That's the, you know what? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Makes sense. So I'm asking you again, though, right? You, you don't mind eating meat, but at what point do you feel that, you know, speciesism, right? You know, you, you seem like a believer. I mean, you got, there's got, a G-O-D in every dog, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. One day God's going to judge us all, but ain't no dog going to judge you at all. A dog, I don't want to eat a dog. But, you know, I enjoy a steak. And they're superior. And, and look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. All I'm saying is, you know. Where? They're superior stools in Africa. That's what I learned from this conversation. The stool specimens are superior No, he's, in he's 100 percent yeah. right. That's cool. If you, you go to Netflix, if I never you look I always thought that dogs laid eggs. Did you really? So, I mean, you learn something new every day, bro. If you don't know it, you are watching <laughs> Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. <laughs> to the right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Hi. What's up? What's how was your uh, Good morning? How was I'm your here. how was your Friday? My Friday was good. My Saturday morning was pulling myself out of the coffin. I'm here. And you're here. You know what I don't get, though? What's you that? take the poor kid to the airport diner, and you're wondering why your ass flies out to the bathroom before everything else. Why'd you take him there? Because uh, it's close to the studio. All right. Airport make, diner, huh? That makes sense. Yeah, don't uh, go there, man. It's like, you know, <laughs> disclaimer, don't go to the airport diner. You, you just, you, diners are lost. You know, I will say this. As much as I appreciate a metropolitan area, New York City diner, Jersey, yeah. Long Island, Staten Island, you know, the, 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 the mecca of the diner. Yeah. Now, when you go to, you know, anywhere else in the country, those diners get replaced with Waffle Houses. Okay. And I fucking love a Waffle House. Okay. And Dude. they have zero Waffle Houses in the Northeast, and I want to figure it out. Yeah, why? Who do I, I mean, Waffle House, you follow me on Instagram. You know, I tag you, you, you mention me, I see the love with Waffle House, but I got to ask, like, what the fuck is the deal? I don't Why don't know. we have it's any in New big, Jersey? Big, we got a you lot put of a Waffle House it, on the one in nine in pancakes. New Jersey, getting in and out of the Lincoln Tunnel, Holland Tunnel, right outside of the GWB, that fucking place is going to be bumping. But you see, this is what you're not getting, right? For us, it's like, it's... It's like a special type of food, right? It's, just, it's that southern thing, Waffle House, Piggly, Piggly Wiggly. I don't think you're in love with the Waffle House. I think you're in, in love with the sign that says Waffle House. You know, I you see, you're, you're like, I got to go to the Waffle House. This guy thinks he knows what Where's I that product label <laughs> You got again. my tongue in your mouth, <laughs> asshole? I need to fucking <laughs> split you with it right now. I need waffle, to split you hey, listen, I'm trying. Look, 
You seem like a really smart business guy. I'm trying to save you some money. You go open up a Waffle House. It's not going to do it. Oh, you're out of your fucking mind. I like the location. Listen, hey, I got news for you. Waffle House ain't going nowhere, and they do well everywhere they go. And, you know, you talk to a stone cold Steve Austin, he'll tell you, you know, he lived off Waffle House even in the height of his run, making all the millions of dollars. Because you go get a healthy, good meal at a Waffle House if you really want one. Right. Wait a minute, I'll ask you this, though. There's a Waffle House, and there's an IHOP. Now you're a traveling guy, right? That's a professional like wrestler. You're, you're Pancakes traveling. Pancakes ain't healthy. We just uh, mm. look at. I, I get bacon and eggs, right? And, but I'm not eating that fucking stain. Listen, IHOP. I don't like their bacon when they drop it on that white plate. And you see that fucking black oil just Ooh. sitting. Oh yeah, the bad oil, bad yeah, oil. Man, yeah, man. And no, you gotta I wait forever to get into one Waffle of those anyway. Waiting lines, ridiculous. Waffle House. I'll tell you what. I tell them when they make my bacon, drop that bitch on the ground. I want it to shatter like glass. I want my shit. Cook. Burnt. I like Cook. my shit. Burnt. Oh, so you like burnt? Yeah. Pig. Quite frankly, that's like the only time I really eat swine. Mm. I don't really eat pig unless I'm eating bacon with my eggs. I don't like bacon on my burger. I don't like bacon any time of the day unless it's with my eggs. And when I eat bacon, it has to be burnt. I can't eat that fucking stringy, like raw meat. I got it. I like shit burnt too. That's how Do I, you? I, I like everything well done. Yeah. Do you? I prefer a pizza lightly cooked. Lightly cooked. I'm a different man. That's strange. I know it's. It might be. I don't know if it's strange, but I. Know, I know people would more likely like a well done. Yeah. Preferred to. A, yeah. I like that lightly cooked doughy pizza. Oh. Okay. You ever make your own pizza at home? Fuck no. And so I don't fuck what I do that. A pizza good. costs a dollar twenty five. Walk down the street. <laughs> Time is money. <laughs> fuck what I do that. I gotta write down a block. Hey. Go to Costco, pick up one of those those pizzas, throw it right in the oven, you're yeah, ready I'll to go. I'll make a DiGiorno as well as anybody. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. Not bad. All right, well, we want to get we want to get back to some more serious subjects. But first, that was our, serious. our own Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Riggs, make up the band with Stereo Hall. With Stereo Hall, sing such great songs as This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You do. can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Please. Down there, uh, music on Spotify, Apple Music, and Reverb Nation. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty Nefaro. Catch us on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Here's on iHeart. Radio, Spotify, Anchor, the Monty and the Faro Twitch TV page, and if you're lucky enough to live in New York, where we will have this special guest in a reduced version on Channel 115 every Tuesday at 7 p.m. and Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. and Channel 20 on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. We'll be right back with this great, and I'm going to call him a legend, Enzo, after this break. See you in a sec. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialists. 631-261-6420. That's 631-261-6420. Auto Excellence. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V. Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Hmm. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. Sir? Ah. Manscaped? 
Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? Love what it. What do you use it for? Necessity. What, what don't I use it for? Put it this way. The only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows yeah. that oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so pick. Manscaped there, is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to oh, go do I a know deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair racing stripe or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush <laughs> racing well, stripe. retro bush is out yes thank you retro bush is out yeah um i don't mind a small well manicured landing strip <laughs> every now and then if it's completely and i'm talking like baby's ass bald mm. then i i start where is that pedophilia line that I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah, you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides I, of that. Landing? I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that gotcha. as well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, look but, what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest gotcha. though. Hey. The, ah. <laughs> the older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, I as, found it. Have, I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is retro? Just Absolutely. Retro. You're like whoa. Wow. Yeah, like I'm 46, like it pops out. Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the courage. Yeah, he's a trooper. Yeah, he's a trooper. <laughs> Gotta give him an yeah, Not all. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I hear you. Uh, <laughs> there you listen, go. I couldn't. Super Bush. I couldn't say it. Well. If you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. Uh all right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. Um, Enzo had to step out for two seconds, so we're going to cover a few things. So number one, Farrow, uh, I've got an interview tonight with the Bourbon Blog at 8 p.m. Okay. Um, on that show, uh, we are being reviewed for actually uh, a quite real possibility, and I'm very excited about this, that we may be entering the world of terrestrial radio. So Monty Nefaro will be part of terrestrial radio in the future. The deal is very close to being done. I can't tell you what station it's going to yet because I don't want to jump the gun. Right. I want to name a few people out there. Luce, how are you, buddy? Thanks for joining Luce. us. Chris Lee in the house. What Who up, else mate? we got this early morning drinking their coffee? We've got what JB the in the house. Rob what up, what up? in the house. Jason in the house. Who else do we have? Human Manipulation Nation, he opened up, or she opened up with, uh, on Enzo. He said he can get more pop than MGF. He's been 
and never drew a dime. He just acted like a goof. LOL. Okay. Huh. No thoughts on that? I say bah, but that's me. Also, uh, Monty Nefaro will be bringing back Tuesdays with Tony Atlas and uh, working on a few things. Tuesdays um, with Tony. Yeah, and then we're talking, right. we're possibly doing Monty Nefaro Presents the Tony Atlas Roadshow, okay. where Tony Atlas will be doing a live studio show okay. um, in front okay. of a live studio audience. We have a lot of good stuff working nice. right now. So, nice. so Faro, sicko predator arrested for raping, kidnapping teens, 21 years old. In NYC, a predator who sought out troubled young victims has been arrested and charged with kidnapping and rapes of two teenage girls and a 21-year-old woman in New York, police officials said on Thursday. This is what we switched to? So when is the live castration? We're going to have a publicly, you know, a live castration perhaps for this, uh, this chapter? Well, Andres Portella is accused of preying on two 15-year-old girls and had allegedly coaxed her into the car. He searched for a place to charge her phone outside Queens. 28. Picking, picking up 15-year-olds. Uh, nice. What's wrong with society, man? Why are there so many of these? Where do you find this shit? There's so many of these. I don't think it's any different that's been going on in the world. It's just that we are able to... Aware of every last little one You're now, just, just now publicly. aware of... So it's always been a free-for-all. I just, again... You're probably right. You're probably you know, right about that. I, I, would, say, I would say so. Uh, again, yeah. uh, humans have a tendency to, pre to prey on each other yeah. in all sorts of different matters. True. It is disgusting, it's true. that's for sure. Yeah. I know her guest, who will be back in a moment, uh, will be happy about this. Arrest warrant issued for Cowboys defensive end prior to wild card, wild card game versus the Buccaneers. Hmm. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all set to play the Dallas Cowboys in a wild card round at NFC playoffs on Monday night. Dallas, however, may be without one of their defensive linemen for just a few of uh, just four days prior to the game. Sam Williams. You know Sam Williams? Nope. I don't even know who that is, bro. Nope, but it's somebody very stupid. <laughs> uh, why does that? That's another thing. Why does that happen? It seems to happen all the time over the years. It's a big playoff game. Some dude goes out right before the game, does coke, slams whores, does all sorts, gets drunk, gets in an accident. What's wrong with these morons? They're so they're so blessed. They have they make a fortune and they pull this shit at the most inopportune time. Honestly, what I, is I wish I wish that we had a moron like that because at least we'd be looking forward to either Saturday or Sunday and watching our beloved Jets in the playoffs. Wait a second, that's the problem with our team. We don't have enough morons. I thought we were doing very well in the moron category. With Not moron is enough because we can't seem to make the playoffs. No, we never. Wow. Do you know? Did you realize? A little bit lighter now. Did you? You good? Somebody. A little uh, bit lighter now. Somebody dropped the kitties off at the pool. Now. A little bit okay. louder now. <laughs> hey, let me tell you a little trick about the road, guys. Go ahead. You got to drop a deuce on the road. For one, I got. I, I'm. I'm a traveler of ass wipes. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, if you take a shit and you don't, and you just use toilet paper to wash your ass, you and I share nothing in common. There's <laughs> this thing called funny. fucking hygiene, and I got. I, I got it good. All right. So, <laughs> if you don't splash a little water on your ass, like who the? Like, what? Are you, if you get shit on your face, are you not gonna fucking? Are you just going to wipe it off with paper towel? Like, I'm going to wipe that bitch down. I'm going to soap that thing. So I treat my ass the same way I treat my face, dog. I get that shit gone with uh, with some, some, some fucking top-notch ass wipe. Like a $12 pack. You got you to gotta 
got to know where to go in the you aisles. Have a, you, I remember when all the people brand? trip. I remember when people were fighting over uh, toilet paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were literal yeah. fights in the aisle at Target <laughs> by me, right? I walked straight down the aisle to the medicated ass wipes, and they were sitting there by a stack. Like, Tons nobody knew they were there. Th- I'm like, you're wa- fighting for toilet paper. I'm over here stacking fucking. So, anyway, yeah. here's the trick on the road. You got to take a shit. <laughs> what, where do you guys go? Don't tell me like McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got to take a shit and you're driving, you're you, you got to go. Where are you going? Well, you mean like there's nowhere around and there's woods? No, fuck no. I'm talking about you're you're driving out here in Long Island and you're and you're 30 minutes from home and you got to take a shit and you're on the highway and there's McDonald's, Burger King, there's everything everywhere. Where are you going? Where do you where do you go? Well, here's the trick on the highway. This is what I'm telling you on the road. Okay. You go to the Marriott. The Marriott. Every single hotel has a fucking shitter in their lobby that is an individual handicapped shitter mm. that is clean and pristine. And nobody's using it because mm. everybody's got a hotel room and they're using their own shitter. Right. right. So before I came, I went to fucking Marriott, took, took a shit. Pretty smart guy. You know what I'm saying? I would never and think to go take own, a shit in a hotel. I brought my own. Fucking and there's hotels everywhere. Yeah, you're right. And nobody asks you questions when you walk in and out of a hotel. You know how many hookers there are with rooms in that hotel? Mm-hmm. Guys walking in and out. Nobody asks questions. You just walk in, drop a deuce. I bring my own, um, you know, ass wipe. I'm, a, I'm an ass wipe travel man. <laughs> and yeah. So anyway. Uh, so you're a fan of the ass wipe. You know, any man can piss on the floor. It takes a great man to shit on the ceiling. Look at you. Shit hit the fan when I got here, boys. You're Shit a smart man. Fan. Let's talk about it. What do you guys got going on over there? Well, my partner's very excited to have you in, as yeah. I am. I didn't know you guys were partners. Good for you. Oh, well, not, that kind. On no. not that kind. What? Oh. Not that, listen, not that there's anything wrong with it. All right, we oh. don't need to go down that road, Jesse, for governor over there. We get where you stand. Um, so do you believe in aliens? <laughs> do I believe in aliens? No, I do not. You don't? No, I do not. Just because I want someone to be president in, doesn't mean I believe in do everything believe that they say. Do you president? believe in intelligent life outside of us? It's possible. Um, it's possible. No, I do not. I so do you not don't believe in any of these videos that come out. Because if you zoom in on the moon on your phone, you can't see that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You zoom in on an airplane, it gets blurry. So it's hard to get these good videos out there. But we do have a naval pilot who tracked a UFO on record, and the U.S. government has released that tape. Mm -hmm. His name is General David Fravor, F-R-A-V-O-R. And David Fravor is a uh, decorated naval pilot and a witness, uh, among others, that have reported this anomaly. And that's what they call it now is, uh, I believe... It's like aerial, they don't call them UFOs anymore. They call them like aerial anomalies or some shit, like A, U, I don't know. Point is, um, I think Jesse Ventura would tell you there's there's fucking life out there. I'm a fan of Jesse. So, this shirt's actually kind of old, right? I was always a big fan of Jesse, and I actually did uh, believe in a lot of his political views, but Jesse has gone so far left or liberal that um, I don't really appreciate. I think he's in votes. Mexico. I well, think he moved to Mexico. And he and does. By the way, and he does, and he does Russian radio. By the way, Mexico too. is the wild west. Really, absolute wild west. Anything goes. It's insanity. Uh, and I had the pleasure of going there recently. Thank you, Conan, for flying me out to Mexico, wrestling in Tijuana, and I wrestled a Mexican legend. By way of Canada, Vampiro. Mm. Yeah. 
Vampiro, Vampiro used to have a, a... Does anybody know this about... Va- Vampiro lived in Mexico for mm-hmm. 35 years now. Bro. I think that's what he said. Or at least he's been wrestling for 35 Bottom line is 30 years probably in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Dude. Imagine being from fucking Canada and somehow you become Winding like up. the Hulk Hogan of Mexico. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he just... He has lived a... I, they, I heard they made a book or a movie or some shit like that about Vampiro. Uh, I need to watch it because if they haven't made one yet, they need it's to. A, one. No, it's actually very good. And did you know that Vampiro actually had a show on our channel? Yeah, no, for a while. yes, he did. For we we uh, were in a business yeah. relationship with Mr. Vampiro. Yeah. Very intelligent guy like yourself. Yeah, he's very well you. written. Intelligente. Intelligente. Smarter than your average bear, right, boo boo. All right, so let's talk about this one, man. Your Giants are in the playoffs. We're Jet fans. While you were indisposed, we were talking about how we wish. That maybe before we die, the Jets can at least get back into the playoffs. What's your predictions for the uh, well? Let me NFL? just say this: I pers- I like the Jets too. I-, I love the Giants, but my dad was a DJ and played music. And there was the Budweiser tents out out of out in front of the old Giants stadium. They had the rotunda, the spirals on the outside, and they had those Budweiser tents. And my father got the gig from Budweiser to DJ. And so we fell into Jets season tickets. We didn't have the money to buy season tickets for the Giants or the Jets. But I ended up going to all the Jets games from like 2000 to like 06, 07. And uh, right before they built MetLife. That's when that ended. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dude, love the Jets. Love the Jets. And here's where I think they went wrong this year. As much as I get into Giants football, I love the Jets too. Uh... I personally believe that Robert Sala made a huge mistake when he made it all about one player. When the heat fell on Zach Wilson and they reprimanded him by benching him, okay, look, this kid could have made the playoffs this year even if he was playing terrible, okay? I need you to think about the year twos that quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League have had. Whether they be rookies or that second-year guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Peyton Manning in his rookie year, I think, broke the record for interceptions in a season. Team went 3-13. and Mm -hmm. 3-13? See, I'm glad you knew that. Like, this kid should have went out there taking lumps. If they didn't make the playoffs, you could maybe point the blame on them at the end of the season. But if the chance happens that he wins some games mm-hmm. and they make the playoffs, yep. his confidence, is, 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 which is detrimental to his success yep. and the teams, yep. is going to be up. Yep. But now you fucked with the kid's head so bad yep. that nobody knows who to get behind in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who to get behind as a, as a, as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I think that Robert Sala, who's, who I liked, made a huge mistake. He should have taken sole blame and said, I'll, I'll talk to Zach, but right now I'm the coach of this football team. And, you know, if, if Zach doesn't want to take the blame for what happened, trust that you know, we'll watch the tape and we'll figure out where he went right and wrong, but I'm taking the blame. So right. you think after Zach made those comments, which clearly affected the rest of the team, which Solace was worried they about. They asked Zach Wilson the question, do you think you let your defense down? Yeah, and he right. said no. And he said no, mm-hmm. which he fucking completely dropped the ball on. Absolutely. Um, right. But when you address it so publicly by benching that quarterback and then playing that game back and forth with him, you're not doing anybody any favors, including yourself. Totally agree. If you could have made the playoffs with Zach Wilson, because they might have. 
they very well might have made the playoffs with Zach Wilson. And it might have been he makes a play and he throws five picks in the game, but that one play yeah, is the play, play they need. So, And, and that's yep. the, the game that you play, I find, is confidence. Um, I played college football myself. And, you know, I just know that we had a quarterback controversy my senior year. And it ruined the whole fucking year. It yep. ruined the start of the season. You got to go into a season knowing who the guy is, right? And then you got to stick with him. I think. And they didn't. They didn't. Especially at yep. this stage in his career. Yep. I like Mike White. I like what he showed. But he, you know, if he's not the answer, then what did you just do? Well, do you, what, did what you just do? went backwards. No, I agree. But do you no, think I there agree. could have been a possibility that Salah sat back with Wilson and said, hey, look, you need to go Monday and apologize for your comments and because, you know, Which he did. whatever. But who gives a fuck? Right. I agree with that. Who gives a fuck? You have to, you know, because it's a team sport, right? thing, We're talking about millions of dollars, a first-round pick, right. mm-hmm. and you're not even giving the kid a chance to no. fuck it up. Yep. You're, 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 you're letting yep. him fuck it up with his words. Yep. And ironically, what he said, his gameplay sucked, okay? Right. The film says he sucked, right. okay? The plays are – simple plays are looking difficult. Extended handoffs, passes to quarterbacks out of the backfield. He's tripping over his own two feet. Right. I get it. Okay, right. but man, if we would have fucking benched Eli Manning, right? Oh my God! Right. There was Eli a time. struggled. Dude, I was there. Yep. I think it was 07. We won that Super Bowl in 08. But he threw six picks against the the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. and I was in the parking lot, hammered, drunk, lighting his jersey on fire. There you go. And I was screaming, cutting a promo, and some old man came up to me and was we almost got into the fight. He's an old dude. He was like, that's our fucking quarterback. You got to stick with the quarterback. I love it. Day. And I'll tell you what, I never forgot that old man. I love it. Because when the Giants went on to win Super Bowls, I thought about that guy all the time. And yep. I wear that Eli Manning jersey to yep. this day yep. with the burn marks on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you look back in history, Terry Bradshaw had a horrendous beginning of his career. And, and they, they stayed the look course. Look at Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. He made it to a Super Bowl. One. Several. Like you know, you're talking about, you're talking about. The Jets about, had a good defense. You're, you're talking about two winning franchises against another franchise That's that can true. never they, get out of their own way. Why can't they get out their own way? We just said it. Right. They're too fickle. Right. They get. They never. They never weather the storm. Right. They never stick through the lumps. They just change everything every time something's going wrong. And, and it, change, 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 dude. Sometimes you should hire a Bill Cower. And fucking <laughs> that, lose. That's the answer. Oh, I mean, boy. that's I, the I, look, answer. I, that is the all right, answer. He's, he's been out the game for a You can't look shame. at one individual and say he's the answer. Though. But like a Tom Coughlin. No, yeah. right. We weathered some storms with those guys. Right. You know, right. they went out, they had losing seasons right. before they won one. Right. You know, right. I really like the Giants, the ball the coach. The Danny Jones, what he did this year with those receivers. You know, I look at him on paper and I think he's got 12 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. He ran for seven touchdowns and 700 yards. Mm-hmm. He threw for 3200 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Dude, Danny Jones had a good year. He did. But on paper he threw fucking 12 touchdowns. Who cares? Are you going to win a Super Bowl with 12 touchdowns? I don't fucking know. You but might. I know that you Eli might. Manning, I never would have thought was going to win me a Super Bowl right. that one year he won that first right. one. Right. Right. So with Danny I look at his receiving core, mm-hmm. and I go, you know, the best thing about your receiving core this year was a rookie tight end, Daniel Bellinger, who who got hurt, and you lost everyone. Shepard's gone. So, look, Kenny Galladay, absolute, the worst signing in the history. Gettleman, I'll punch Gettleman in the face. I'll punch Ben McAdoo for benching Eli in the face. I seen him, I catch a charge. I go to jail, I do the time standing on my head. I get out of jail, I do that shit again. Mm. 
fuck Ben McAdoo. Mm. But Gettleman, biggest biggest bust in the history of maybe New York Giants free agency signing Kenny Galladay for like seventy million dollars or some shit. I, I don't even want to know the number. But Galladay goes down. Shep uh, Galladay sucks. Shep goes down. You bring in guys like David Sills starting at wide receiver. He's not even on the, he's on the practice squad again. Finally, you end up with Ricky James and a guy off Buffalo's practice squad, Hodgins, as our two starting receivers. Mm-hmm. Bro, I mean, Danny Jones, you got to say, like, man, what would he have been? Maybe would have threw a couple more touchdowns if he had a couple more receivers. Not to- so I'm not I, – I, you can't really judge the man based off of uh, his receiving core, what kind of numbers he put up in that regard. But I, I think Danny showed – some stuff this year. It's going to be a real interesting offseason. We got a lot of free agents. They got to resign Saquon. They got to resign Danny Jones. They beat the Vikings. Oh, if they beat the Vikings, you resign Danny Jones. Do you and think Saquon? Do you think they'll beat the Vikings? I, I know they can. They lost I by a sixty-one-yard field goal. That's right. Um, That's right. I think it is of. It is a Viking-esque loss. Right. Giants come into your building first right. round yep. in the playoffs would be. at Minnesota. It would be. That is a Minnesota-esque loss. Yes, yep. totally. And to hammer home your point about patience. I think patience, either one of these teams wins, they got a chance to go all the way. It's possible. Either one. Minnesota or New York has a chance to go. Whoever wins this game, because I think everybody gives Minnesota a chance to go to the Super Bowl right. or at least to the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I think if Giants beat them, then you got to give Giants a chance to go Absolutely. to – the NFC Championship. Not taking game. the Eagles seriously. Uh, I do take the Eagles seriously. Okay. okay. Um, but I still think that it's any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen. The Giants beat the greatest football team ever on paper, mm-hmm. the Patriots. Right. So I think the Bengals went yeah. to the Super Bowl last year. Like anything could fucking happen. It's a it's a matter of getting confidence right. and and getting momentum at the right time. And I think that the. The, the Giants benching their players against the Eagles, I don't know if we did ourselves favors. Uh, we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I pray so. Well, we're wishing the best of luck, and good luck to you Sunday. We'll be rooting for them yeah. too. So, yeah. All right, man. Um, elephant in the room, as far as wrestling goes, WWE up for sale. What is your thoughts on that, Enzo? There's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you. S-A-W-D. Saudi. Saudi. Do, do you you really think that's gonna happen? Come on, man! Don't say that's gonna happen. No, man. I uh, man, I have no idea. Why the fuck do I look? I'd be an asshole just like everybody else speculating. Has all of this been like surprising to you? Like, what the fuck's going on over there? Or this is crazy. I'm never surprised by uh, the WWE or Vince McMahon. Man, man, they always do what's. <sighs> Not to be expected, and they always do what you expect them to do. But uh, there's a perfect mesh of we don't know what the fuck's going to happen there. <laughs> did you did you grow up as a, as a wrestling? Oh fan? my god, did I ever! So how you, does that... you spoke on Bob Backlund? Yeah. Well, Bob Backlund and Diesel changed my life forever. When I watched them beat him in eight seconds in the wow, garden as the a garden. kid, yeah. I was there for the curtain call, and that literally broke kayfabe for me. So on the ride home, I'm asking my dad why Hunter Hearst Helmsley was in the ring with Diesel Razor. And and you know, I just didn't understand how that why Shawn Michaels yeah. would be out there. I could get Diesel and Razor and Shawn, but why? Why did Hunter herself? So it was Hunter who broke kayfabe for me. The whole ride home, I was because I, I was already at that point. Was I was asking every day, is wrestling real? Yeah. Is wrestling real? Um, 
Bro, I love, I love, love, loved wrestling as a kid. It's all I ever wanted to be when I grew up. And it just came to me in the craziest way, form, and fashion. Dude, God is good. I believe in God. Uh, he has a plan for me. Um, you know, I've been high. I've been low. I've been everywhere. I've been rich. I've been broke. I'm up right now. I feel good. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been blessed to figure out life beyond pro wrestling and have a life and, and uh, not need to wrestle to make income, to make ends meet. Um, and that's what I think affords you the ability to fall back in love with pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. I think that when I got fired by WWE, just like anybody else in the history of that company who's been let go, you just are so, like, I hate you. I hate, like an ex-girlfriend. Like, I, I can't look at you. I can't think about you. I don't want to be near it. I don't, like, it's too hard. It was too, I loved it so much. I loved my life. I loved where I was. I loved... My parents, my family, the pr I made people proud. My hometown, um, I came from a small town. I didn't have much growing up. My dad was a DJ. Christmas was good, you know, but I went to wrestling shows, so I wasn't a poor kid. I, I, lived, a, I lived a great life here in the Northeast uh, growing up. I was ducking in and out of alleys to smoke my pot. I was throwing rocks through windows at cars, and I was just a lunatic kid who loved pro wrestling, was jumping off the swings and super kicking people on the playground, you know, in elementary school and just <laughs> playing with my friends before the days of cell phones. And uh, we, had the, we had the blessing of being, uh, you know, I've gotten to travel the world and I didn't realize how good I got it. I grew up right near Madison Square Garden and wrestling was here and Vince ran the Northeast and I got to go to so many great shows growing up mm. and it influenced me so much and um and and uh it's all i ever wanted to be and and i'm just so blessed to have done it and uh that's the way i look at my career i'm not happy i'm not mad because it's over i'm happy that it happened mm. a lot of people don't get the opportunity i got Absolutely. and um so you know now i'm at a point in my life i want to be of service to others like uh wrestling to me like dude i don't i don't have a major ego in it uh I'm, I'm feuding with Micro Man right now, the smallest pro wrestler in the world. And uh, you'll have to watch MLW to see how that turned out. But i got to tell you, um, you know, I've taken some losses. I, I lost to Jerry the King Lawler, man, in a casket match. He's 73 years old. And uh, that's what this is about. Pro wrestling is about having fun, suspending your disbelief. But I always found... Um, I see the holes in the bullshit, bad work, and hokiness. And as much as people want to probably look and poke holes in my work and my character, I can get away with things other people couldn't. You can punch me in the face, and that's the heat. I don't need to reinvent the wheel, and you have to kick me in the nuts to get heat on me when I was a babyface. And uh, as a heel, uh, you know, I had a hell of a run. I had a lot of fun. Um, but I think that people got to remember this is about kids. I was a kid watching Diesel beat Bob Backlund in eight seconds. And if that if, if you're not a wrestler and you don't take that as like if that if that didn't change my life in in life, it certainly changed my life as a pro wrestler. Mm. Because I always knew that all I needed was eight seconds to change the world. All I needed was eight seconds to get over. All I needed was eight seconds to make an impact in somebody's life. And, and, and for it to be the easiest night of work that that wrestler ever had. 
Now, Diesel. I love Diesel. I loved him. I was a little kid. I didn't know how tall I would be. I wanted to be seven feet tall, right? And you're in and, and the worlds and the possibilities are endless and you're a kid. And I was a kid in that crowd, bro. And my dad's not thinking about the IRS and my, 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 my marital issues, trouble, or, you know, work and money. He's just watching his kid have the time of his life, right, and, and think this shit's as real as anything he's ever seen in his life. Dude, Diesel had a meet and greet that day, and I met him in, in Madison Square Garden in the mezzanine section. He was doing a meet and greet, um, and he was drinking a Budweiser, and I'll never forget. I was watching him. I was like, I can't believe he's drinking a beer. But, like, also that was normal for me, and I didn't think much of it. But now I know as an adult, he was drinking that beer because he was about to have the easiest night of work he's ever had in the fucking business. Mm. And he was already having a good time, and he knew how easy it was about to be. Now, if I'm a wrestler, and I hit the ropes, and I do a dive, and I risk my life, and I and I'm, trust me, Scotty Too Hotty was on the card that night, I believe, and he did dives, and I didn't even know who the fuck he was. And I never remembered that he was on the card that night. It was through speaking with him later in my life, talking to him, that I knew he was on those loops and he wasn't getting TV time and he wasn't getting booked and he wasn't, he wasn't, why? Because he made more money in one quarter doing the worm in the WWE, Scotty Tuati did, than he did working on live events and wrestling every night for three years. Mm. I took my ego out of pro wrestling. I'm a pro wrestler. I'm letting you punch me in the face. I don't need to look strong. I don't give a fuck. I was a real athlete. I played college football. I was all state, New Jersey, a thousand yards in high school. You know, I played real ball. I played college football. That's when it mattered being an athlete. That's when it mattered how much I bench pressed and how much I ran in the off season and how much I worked. Cause that guy that's across from me, he wants to hurt me on this play and he might hurt me if I, he worked harder than me in the off season. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I could get with that. And so I would work my ass off in the off season every off-season in football, college football, right? And I knew I wasn't going to the NFL, but I loved the game, and I loved playing it. When it was over, I got into wrestling, and I'm working my ass off in the gym, getting ready to go to WWE, and I get there, and within days, I realized, dude, it has it does not fucking matter at all how much you ran, how much you lifted, what your body looks like, what kind of athlete you are. All you got to do in wrestling is make people remember you. So here's one thing that does matter, right? You're a lifelong wrestling fan. Get it. You're finally in the big time, the WWE, and in front of you is Vince McMahon, right? This icon. What was your feeling? Were you intimidated or what was that like? Uh, Assuming you had met him. Anytime you've met him. I mean, the lore of the man, anytime you're a wrestler and you, you hear he's on premises or like he never, he never fucked with NXT when I was there. He was never around. And you, dude, you were just, you were just at any moment hoping and praying because you saw it happen and you just didn't know how or when it would ever happen for you. But that call up that you're going to be on Raw. So imagine being in NXT and you see people like Rusev, right? Mm. Out of nowhere, a guy who's in NXT, like not doing a lot on the program, maybe working a little tag team shit with Dawson and has this French manager sylvester lafour and that guy sylvester lafour who's awesome french guy i had a hair versus hair match with in nxt in the first nxt takeover it was my first match really that guy was great and he got fired right you just never know rusev we're looking at him and maybe you don't see it coming but okay we're working a program with rusev dude a month later 
he's on TV wrestling John Cena. Mm. And we don't even, like, nobody sees that coming. Right. So when they say to you, you can get that phone call any day, always be ready. You can have your bags packed. Like, uh, to, r- phone call rings at 2 a.m., pick it up. Always have your phone ready because you never know. And that was, like, real shit. Mm. Like, you just have, look at Lana. She just got to NXT. She didn't even know how to wrestle. Next thing you know, she's on WWE TV because she brought something to the table. She could. She had confidence. She could work on the microphone. She did that, you know, like gimmick, uh, that Russian gimmick. She brought out Rusev. There you go. There's somebody who just walked through the door, and now they're on TV. Me and Cass, bro, we were chopping at the bit, like, <laughs> for five years. Like, when the fuck are you going to call us up? So you just never knew, and you had to stay ready. And uh, God's plan happened to us the way it was supposed to, perfect timing. We debuted, NXT was at a point where um, the world find, found out about us. Right. And uh, when I debuted on TV, the world already knew who we were, which is insane because of social media and, and uh, you know, just the new era of, of uh, media, just YouTube and just people being able to find out who Enzo and Cass were from the WWE Network. Very unique point in time. Timing's everything. And I got blessed with timing. I had the coach of Dusty Rhodes, bro. Nobody's ever going to have that coach again. Right. Imagine fucking right. learning from that guy. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm lucky. Triple H discovered me. Triple H got me a job in the WWE. Personally, this right. man discovered me. Right. And gave me a tryout. And then gave me a microphone. And, and then in, he invented NXT. And I was there for it. That's timing. That's that's God's plan. I can, get, can, can I'm I ask, lucky. Can I ask where you are with Triple H? Like today, are, are you friendly with him? Was was the parting you know bittersweet? Was it was there friction? Oh, I mean, dude, dude, do you have you ever had a boss? Can't be easy, right? I mean, it's just like any other job, man. Right. You have a boss, bro. Right. Like separate work and pleasure, business and and and, and friendship, and just know that that's your boss, bro. Right. What's that like? Right. So it's your boss, man. And his job as a promoter is to never let a talent know their worth. Right. There you go. His job is to make money. There you go. And um, I always knew that. So I tried to, I, I thank God I'm blessed, man. I was just confident. Like no matter how much shit hit the fan, no matter whether I felt, you know, belittled or whether I felt like, oh, you know, not even Triple H, just like at work, like, you know, there's there's a certain hierarchy that goes along with being in the WWE mm-hmm. and you sign that contract. So when you sign that thing, dude, you signed your soul, baby, that you did it. You just signed over, it's it's Hollywood shit, man. You just, you're not, dude, you're, you're a news reporter. You're repeating the words that they're telling you to repeat, right? And I was blessed because, man, Triple H gave me a microphone, and I didn't know any better what kind of opportunity I had, but shit, he's letting me say whatever I want. Nobody else is. Mm. Nobody else is. You had freedom? I had freedom That's on amazing. NXT. I had Great. freedom in the WWE, it felt and, like I, it. and I ran with that freedom, and it I pushed like that shit to the envelope, and I got heat for it, and I fought tooth and nail to say things that mm. I felt meant something to me. Promos that I knew were going to hit with people that people didn't believe in. 
Could um, you go to Vince when you wanted to express? I didn't oh, do that. Oh, fuck did, yeah, bro. Did I ever? To my detriment, I'm open. sure. I mean, I'm sure Triple H was standing outside that door wanting to rip my fucking head <laughs> off. He's in there again. So, He's in so, there again, yeah. You're so, you're, you're, you're so great with the promo, which yeah. is, you know, again, to me, oh, yeah. as a wrestler. Well, I guess fan. that's also another thing. Right now, I'm a decade in. I'm 10, 11 years in. But when I first got out there, bro, I had this mentality that I was the best. And nobody could tell me what the fuck could say. And that still remains today. You are one of the all-time greats. But let me ask you this, and I don't know how true this is. Is it true that you were fined for farting in promo class? That is very true. (laughs) What what is that about? The airport diner? Beforehand? No, so we were just talking about (laughs) promo class, okay? Now imagine monotony, okay? Um, Anything, you know, for every girl out there that you fantasize about, there's a guy sick of fucking her. Okay. Wow. So you're so right. So this is the truth. (laughs) So when you're in promo class with Dusty Rhodes every single week for five or six years, and you see guys go up there and cut terrible promos, and Dusty tries to get them, you know, and it ends up taking that promo that should have been done in 90 seconds is going to take 20 minutes for this class to get through because Dusty's now helping this guy and he wants them to repeat it and no say it like this or maybe go in this direction or do something different. And so, you know, I, what I would give today to be a fly on the wall in one of those promo classes to listen to Dusty right now. Mm. But when you're in it, you, you can't see the forest from the trees. Mm. So some days you just want to get the fuck out of promo class. And if, I, if I'm in promo class and there's 60 of us and we got to sit through all 60 promos and Dusty's got to talk to everybody at the end of every one, I'm just trying to make this class go as fast as possible. So when Dusty Rhodes goes, anybody got anything for him? Anybody got any questions? My yeah. hand is the fuck down. Just don't say shit. Anyone, Dusty just asked what you thought of that promo, and then all of a sudden you see fucking, fucking some dickhead raise his hand. Now we're talking for another 10 minutes about that terrible promo I just saw, and there was no fix in it, dog. I was like, bro, and imagine you're me, and I'm the best fucking promo in this class every fucking week, dog. Every week. And everybody would tell you, I waited to go last so I could do my promo on yours. The one I just saw. I'll, pro- I'll cut a promo on what I just saw that'll be better than what you just said, dog. So, one day I got cocky. And I raised my hand because somebody was struggling through a promo, having a hard time, and Dusty was working with them, and I usually never say shit. And I was Dusty's guy. So, when I raised my hand, Dusty stopped like, oh, shit. Enzo's going to chime in. He never chimes in. He just shits there and wants to get the fuck out of here, but he don't know that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm chiming in. I want to help this promo, right? So I raised my hand, and when Dusty called my name, he's like, Enzo, I let out the loudest fart you ever heard in your life off the steel chair. It just vibrated through promo class, bro. And I was like, but before I did it, I went, Corbin. It was Baron Corbin cutting a promo. I was like, Corbin. And he went, yeah, Enzo. And I went, dead pandem, straight face. <laughs> Can't teach Dusty Rhodes stood up. He's like, Enzo. I was like, yeah. He walked over to me, grabbed me my, my hand. He walked me to the door. He goes, get the fuck out. I was like, wait, what? I, I was like, Dusty, I thought you would love that. Like, I thought, I thought that was my promo. I 
was like, I didn't go yet. I was going to use that as my promo. Right, right. I was like, I just got the biggest reaction in the room. Right. From a fucking fart. Sound. Like, everyone in this room is either offended, right. fucking happy, yeah. sad. Yeah. They can't believe it. They're in gall. Like, I got every range of human emotion out that fart right there, boy. You didn't see the brilliance in that, Dusty? <laughs> like, you're my guy. I thought you... Bro, Dusty was pissed, man. So, wow. <laughs> I showed up to work the next day. What I did not know is literally Dusty Rhodes called Triple H that night and got me fired. Oh, oh sh- really? The, the next morning when I showed up to work, Dusty wow. Rhodes called Triple H back up and said, no, nah, I'm not going to fire him. Oh, man. And then Dusty didn't talk to me for like two weeks. And I was like, oh, shit, man. I thought, bro, wow, how did I fuck this up? We're going to get fired. I think I got jobbed out on TV and like lost and wasn't on like a pay-per-view or something. And I didn't even realize that's why. Like, I don't even put two and two. I'm like, I look at the card. I'm like, oh, we're not booked today, Cass. And Cass knows, like, you motherfucker. You <laughs> fucking, fucking fart. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't even register, right, bro. Right, right, right. Uh, and then um, one day, I was getting my ass kicked in the ring. And they were just giving me hell, bro. They Like, they like imagine, like, you're, 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 you have practice every day. So I'm booked every weekend. I'm Enzo. They got to book you, but they don't, I don't know that. I don't know that I'm Enzo and I need, and they have to put me on the card. I just think I can be taken off at any time or fired. But me and Cass, like, didn't realize our worth. Like, I didn't get it. I was just in NXT. I didn't realize we're selling out the Barclays Center. We're selling out this arena. They can't fire you right now, bro. Right. You guys are like the hottest act in the company. Right. And in, me, in my mind, I'm like, oh, bro, I'm getting fired today. You know, every day. So, uh. When I got when I farted, I think I had that fart heat until the day I I left NXT and went to the main roster, and it even carried over. I still had that fart heat. Wow. Funny how life works. So Dusty, one day I'm getting my ass kicked in the ring. And he can see it on the monitor that they're fucking with me, probably. Like you know, I'm in the ring and and it's like everybody take turn putting heat on Zoe, and it just there's like ten different guys beating me up, and I'm I'm selling. I'm just doing like I. I think, but I'm like hungover, bro, and I'm like fucking hurting. And I went out that night, and it was like 2 a.m. Now you see, you've been on the card Thursday, Friday. Everyone who's on the card is off, not Enzo, because you farted. Now you're in beginner class again. Oof. So I got class at 7 a.m. every fucking day, no matter if I got home at 2 a.m. the night before, and I got to set up the ring with the guys and shit. So I'm getting punished for that. And one day, Dusty just calls me into his office. And, like, I just went in there, and he didn't say a fucking word. And he just went about his day. And he just got me out of the ring because he saw me get my ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And he just, like, they don't need to treat him like that. This is my heat with him. Right. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Right. So, uh, then Dustin came in the office that day, and, and I was just and I was just sitting there, bro, quiet. Like, what? why am I here? Like, am I going to? And then Dustin would call me in periodically for the next, like, couple months. And just get me out of that shit class that I was in. And just go about his day. And what I didn't realize was, like, he's taking phone calls with you in the room, Enzo. Like, you're learning. Um, and uh, with a twinkle in his eye and just a wink of his eye, I knew I was all right. We didn't have to talk. I didn't apologize. and just, <laughs> just uh, you know, it was a wink. Good stuff. Um, but I came to find out on the day that Dusty Rhodes passed away, Four years, three years later, 2020, I believe, on the very day that he passed away, I didn't realize it was the day he passed away. 
I, I, I wake up that morning and I open up my Instagram and just the first thing on my feed is a story about fucking the nasty boys were overseas, farted on an airplane so bad, blew it out, Miss Elizabeth landed, caught a flight, and flew home. She was so offended by the nasty boys. They missed that tour because Vince McMahon, the biggest draw in the company, was Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man. He was so mad at the Nasty Boys, he took them off that tour and flew Miss Elizabeth back to Europe to finish that tour out. What I didn't realize is that dude, Dusty, knew that. We don't fuck with farts here in the WWE, bro. Vince McMahon will fire you for that fart. I don't need to tell you that, but he shit can't. And I found that out on the day he died, like four years later. Wow. And, like, just the first thing I did, I woke up that day, boom, see this fart story, and I'm like, yo, what? Yo, that's crazy. The SD boys got major fart heat, got shit canned by the WWE, got fired for it. Oh, wow. Today's the day Dusty died? Oh, my God. Dusty just told me why I had heat. I was like, he's, he, so, like, I, I'm a spiritual guy, God-fearing, and I believe, that, you know, um, I hope Dusty sees my my struggle, my up, my down. And then, and, and, uh, you know, every wrestler goes through it, bro. I'm, I'm fucking no different, dude. Like, you leave the WWE, what do you do from there? It's mm. not all roses. And there's also that it's the WWE. Do I want to go back tomorrow? It's like, bro, like, man, I know what it takes to be there, and, and, and it takes a lot. So, um, you know, that's a conversation I'd probably have to have with my family, bro. Like, like I mean, my mom, my dad, and my goddaughter. Like, if I ever did it for anybody, it would be my goddaughter. I'd take myself out of it, bro. I did it already. Like, I don't need to do that shit again. I did WrestleMania. I broke my ass. I got beat up. And, and it was all for that. And uh, I won titles. And I had a fight in Madison Square Garden. And, bro, bucket list check. Check. And that that was it. Like, I didn't fucking... I never wanted to be in the main event of Mania and, like, AJ Styles get a five-star match or some shit. Like, mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Like, I just... I wanted to have a good time and do the garden and have my mom and dad there. And, like, I did that shit. So, now there's, like, other people that want to do that shit. Maybe, maybe, maybe do it. God knows they need you. Man, God's got a plan for me, bro, one way or another. But like, th but this time, but this time it's a different, right? It's a more evolved end, Enzo, and maybe you do it for the enjoyment of it. Yeah, belts this time, time don't fart. Also, yeah, but I also don't know that how much I can enjoy being told what to do. Yeah. I mean, like I said to you, from day one, I was in this bitch going like, yeah, I'm the man, I can do this, mm. give me the microphone, I'll figure it out, I'll get right. these people going. And it's just a matter of getting over, and that's all you have to do in wrestling, fuck all the other shit, can you mm -hmm. get over can you get shit over? Can you get your opponent over? Can you get the match over? Can you get the lockup over? You know, like, what can you get over? And uh, can you draw their interest? And, like, bro, if you're going to write me a promo, I hope you know it's just bullet points of the story that you want me to tell. Mm -hmm. Don't ever fucking hand me a promo and tell me that's what I'm saying. Like, at this point in my career, I'm like, bro, if you can do this better than me, then you do it. Here's the mic. There you go. Go, go. You're the writer? You wrote this for me? You want me to say it? You want to tell me how to say it? Everybody knows. Everybody knows. It's me, bro. It's what I do. So just, if you respect me, I can respect you back, bro. Respect is a two-way street. If you respect my art, my work, and what it is that I bring to the table, what I do, I'll respect you. And we can work together, and, I'll, and I can make whatever promo you had my own, 
and we, I can always I can always regurgitate a promo that you want me to say. Like if the goal is, hey, he wants to have a match with you, and he wants to fuck your girl, and you know you guys got heat for the girl, and now okay, I go tell that story. You just told it to me on the bullet points. But when they're handing you a promo and it says, how are you? And I'm like, I want to say, how you doing? And they're like, no, you got to say, how are you? And I'm like, I want to say, how you doing? I'm like, no, you have to say, how are you? I'm like, bro, I'm lost here. I'm fucking gone. Right. I don't have that patience for that shit right, right. now. Right. Did you have, uh, what was your take when, you know, it's obviously you know how to play the game. You understand, You said earlier you don't give a shit about winning or losing. Were you pissed off with Neville's? fucking attitude on his program with you because it seemed like Neville didn't want to do anything for you. Absolutely not. I don't think it had to do with me at all because Neville, people don't realize, was my best friend and okay. driving on the road with me and we planned that angle out. Okay. So, so were you pissed when you saw how he was sold If he was going to fucking lose that title, internet? he was going to lose it to his best friend on the road. Interesting. Because we drove all over the country together and we totally had different. the people by the balls. That was a good angle. Right. Why? Because two guys that got along great in real life were working with each other. Interesting. That's my best friend at that time. Okay. I'm with that guy everywhere in the world for two, for two years. Best friend. Mm-hmm. People don't know it. Right? No. Yeah. Didn't, didn't know Why? it all. Uh, didn't know so it all. So what, what was it? I'm his best friend, and I want what's best for him. Mm. You get that? Mm-hmm. I kick you in the nuts and make you look like the man throughout the match that I don't even belong in the ring with you, right? Right. And I kick you in the nuts. Then we get a contract that says that I can't be touched because everybody jumps me and shit, right? And now Neville can't even fight me because he had a hand in it. So where does that leave him to go on 205 Live? Nowhere. Right. So the plan is you drop the title to me. You ca- I, I, your rematch doesn't happen, right? Because you can't do it. Because you fucked it over. You, you, now Neville goes to Raw or SmackDown. He elevated the brand for two years. He carried that title like a G. Mm-hmm. He put it on his back. He was on TV a lot. That's great. Great matches, killing yeah. it, right? They needed flavor in that division that I offered, and it, wa- and, and it wasn't a knock on him, and it wasn't a knock on those guys. It was just that I was the prototypical Ric Flair heel that could beg off from Callisto, who's five foot tall. Mm. Right. You know, don't okay. beat me up, Callisto. You're five foot five. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? So... I kick you in the nuts, Neville. Neville has it in his mind that he's going to Raw or he's going to SmackDown, right? And then they go, no, you're going to stay in 205 Live. And he goes, fuck, no, I'm not. Okay. So I, I don't blame him for that at all. Gotcha. I don't need him. Look at dude. I don't need him to put me over anymore. Right. I don't need that from him. I don't want to bury Neville. I love Neville, respect Neville. I respect the work, the the way he carried himself. The, the, the shit he taught me on the road. Because remember, I never had a wrestling match in my life. Who was our champions? Neville, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe. Wrestlers. Those are the guys that taught me how to wrestle. There you go. Dash, Dawson. I got in a ring with them. You learn how to wrestle in the ring. You can teach me all the shit you want when I watch you, when I listen to you. But until I'm out there with the Scott Dawson, da- uh, you know, Dax Harwood, you ain't going to learn until you're out there doing it with these people. And then, you know, the, the politics game and shit. I was the worst at it in the history of the worst because I didn't politic. Right. And, uh, you know, you just learn when to shut the fuck up, I guess. And so let's talk about serious nature, right? The industry's change and, you know, you're a social media guy. Uh, I'm a like, social media guy. I'm actually not. 
which is funny. I well, you've got a ton of followers. I came right? in with NXT. I saw the. I saw it. I saw the writing on the wall. Right. I took it to the next extreme. I got some collaborative deals with like Champ Sports and sneakers mm-hmm. and stuff, and I was showcasing that on the internet. And I was using, but it was more or less like I'm going to use them. Don't let them use me, because this is my. So WWE got me the real one handle on Instagram and Twitter, but they didn't know that I owned it and trademarked it. Very good. Smart business. So, but thanks let me, your, let, thank let, your lawyers. Thanks, everybody, your connections for getting me that handle on Instagram and Twitter. Unbeknownst to you, I own that shit, and I'm going to have a life outside of pro wrestling one day. So, so I planned for the social media thing, but I'm not a social media guy. Okay. Nobody who says that, if, they, if there is one, I would say it's Matt Cardona. Right. So... But we understand that social media is the way of the world now, right? You, you could agree with that, you would think, right? So there's a positive Absolutely. there. Hey, uh, I wish a motherfucker would pay me a million dollars so I can go delete my shit. You yeah, know? you ain't kidding. A couple mil. Because I make good money, but it ain't a mil. So let, let me ask you this question. We had Danielle Petro on. She's the ex-girlfriend of Matt Riddle. They had a relationship. They broke up. She had some Don't real... ask me anything about that shit. Nothing Next at all? Next question. Okay, I don't you know got who it. that is, and I don't want to know. All right, you got it. <laughs> No, it's the right of the guest, right? Other rumors. Can you uh, elaborate on what the wrestling fan, like we read, about the heat with Roman Reigns and that bus incident? Is that a true incident that oh, happened? Man, yo, look. It, dude, I got into a physical altercation and it wasn't with Roman Reigns. Okay. So okay. I changed. I had to change buses. Okay. I got into a fight with a guy in a locker room and I punched him in his fucking face. And when you punch somebody in the fucking face, the next night, Vince puts you in the main event. That's the truth. That happened. Um, you know, with, like, wrestling, bro, dude, you are with people on the road every day for seven years. You're a family. You, there's drama. People, some people just wake up on the wrong side of the bed or having a bad day. And if, and, and if vice versa, if you're the guy who walks in the room and you're so thrilled to be alive and you're so happy to be there and that guy's either hung over or that guy had a bad day and ain't trying to hear it, you know what I mean? It's just like any other job. But this one is a testosterone-driven, politically-fueled fucking, you know, world of, of excess fucking gab and gossip and bullshit and i never adhered to the principles of that so the wrestling world can miss me with adhering to principles when i get wrestlers at indie shows that come up to me that are in the independent locker room and they're like oh can can i be hi how are you can i ask you can you watch i'm like bro what the fuck are you doing I'm Eric, bro. Like, calm the fuck down, dude. Like, talk to me like you talk to your friends or someone you met at the mall or someone you're engaging with at the cash register. Like, just be nice to people. Just be good to people. Respect them. And, like, if my confidence hurts your insecurities, I'm sorry, but that ain't my fucking problem. I never sold it. So if you're if you don't like being around me because I'm smiling, I'm happy, I'm confident, and I can run out of a room backwards, you know what I'm saying? And fucking, you know, I walk it like I talk it. You know what I'm saying? I'm blindfolded. Know who I am. Know where I'm going. I'm not fucking trying to be something that I'm not. 
So when people in this fake world, because wrestling's not real, right? It's fake mm-hmm. to a degree, or at least they say it. The violence is real. This shit hurts. Well, so do the words. So do that part of it, bro. So it's like that part of it's real too. So I just don't get mixed up in it. I can't, I've never talked to a fucking dirt shit. I didn't know who Dave Meltzer was when I was the cruiserweight champion. Didn't give a fuck. Never will. There's a little kid out there wearing my wig doing my dance, bro. Who the fuck is Dave Meltzer? I don't give a fuck about shit like internet talk. I can't Google my name, especially after what happened to me, the amount of press. So I kind of became the guy in wrestling when I got out to dictate the narrative. If I want you to say something about me, I'll do it. I had an indie wrestling match with one of my best buddies when I got out of WWE COVID hits in 2020, and I want to get back in the ring. And you can't get in the ring. Where are you fucking going to go wrestle? Mm. COVID hits. I go to Texas. Big Cass just got back sober, getting in great shape, and he was wrestling in Texas. And then I found out my buddy, who I was in the WWE with, who they missed the boat on, one of the best workers in the world, on the mic, in the ring, was a guy at WWE named Knuckles Madsen in NXT. Nobody ever saw him. We saw him. Anybody, Bray Wyatt wanted him in the Wyatt family so bad. Fought mm. for him, didn't get him. They thought he would take away from Bray. Draw too much attention. Mm. He goes by Warsaw. Ivan Warsaw on the Indies. People don't know who the best wrestlers in the world are from 2012 to 2018 unless they were in the WWE probably in the Performance Center. You have a good feel for who can go, who can't. Like, I knew how good Chad Gable was. Nobody needed to tell me that. That motherfucker was an Olympian. I was on the card in the ring with that motherfucker. Dawson, Harwood, everybody's giving him his flowers now. I was in the ring with him in fucking 2012. Could have told you how good he was. Wow. So that same goes for this kid, Warsaw. He's been out of the business for four years. I call him on the phone. I'm like, hey, bro, we got to get you back in the ring. I'm going to put you over, too. So I go down to this Texas show, SWE Fury, and what I did was the Rick, uh, the Randy, uh, I mean, um, the Ricky Steamboat, Jake the Snake Roberts spot, DDT on the concrete, had a stretcher come out. Difference was I didn't smarten up any of the boys, the referee, the commentators, or the promoter. So everyone thinks it's real. The only person who was smartened up was Warsaw, me, and Teddy Long, who was the uh, who was working as the commissioner Mm -hmm. teddy long got the stretcher guys come out there i told teddy long the first thing you need to do when you run out through that curtain is look at the cameraman and go stop filming this shit when you look at that cameraman on the floor cam the hard cam is still going to be rolling so you'll have the footage but when that floor cam guy that doesn't know what's going on gets told oh my god don't film this everyone's going to think this shit's real and then they put me on a stretcher and they bring me to the back and all the boys are so mad at warsaw they want to, like, uh, Mac wanted to beat his ass. There was people there that were, like, mad at Warsaw because he came out of the ring like, fucking idiot, and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, fucking, you just killed him. Well, just I get on the, the stretcher, goose, I go to the right? back room, and, I, and, I, and then I got uh, my boy waiting there. We go to Hooters. People think I got I, to sent to the hospital. Sports Illustrated writes an article. Enzo Amore knocked out cold by DDT on, uh, at SWE Fury Show by Ivan Warsaw. Think about what was just typed in that headline for Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated. Promotion name, who I wrestled, DDT on concrete. Thank you. I got my boy's name in that bitch. Sports Illustrated article. Got uh, got another match out of it against him. 
another, and we went 30. And then I had another match with him. So I had three matches with this motherfucker. And people thought I got knocked out out of a DDT on concrete. And people wrote articles about it. And people in the comments are like, oh, Enzo got knocked out again. What a fucking idiot. Like, oh, this kid can't work. Oh, Enzo shouldn't learn how to wrestle. Oh, he shouldn't be out there. He's fucking risking for himself. Bro, that's the point. I live above it. I want Sports Illustrated to write an article about how I get knocked out cold, dude. I don't give a fuck. It ain't about that for me. Um, so... People are petty. The internet's petty, and I could get, I could, I could cut a promo on this shit right now on like Seth Rollins and say some like crazy shit, right? And that will be written about tomorrow. So I understand for the people that think I'm wild or I, I, I pick and choose my battles and spots, but know that I see that if I cut a promo on AEW guy or a WWE guy and I really lay into him and I take the time. To, to say this shit, and I put it on Instagram. My Microman match that I just had, the video has 260,000 views on my Instagram and has 300-plus comments about it. And that's for Major League Wrestling and me wrestling the smallest wrestler in the world. If I want to draw headlines and be this atrocious fucking character, uh, that dude, that didn't really work too well. Like, I played that up, that Jake Paul... Uh, Logan Paul shit where like you're talking shit about people and bro how many people missed the boat on that I don't know I got out of the WWE me and Cass jumped the guardrail at Madison Square Garden at Ring of Honor New Japan show and they don't book us back to wrestle in the garden and then they don't book the garden again period bro what the fuck do you want me to tell you like that's I, this is Eric speaking to you. Like that was a work. People thought it was a shoot. Mm-hmm. People thought I was that asshole. So if I could work people up to a tizzy, uh, and it's that easy, sometimes it's just like, bro. I've just been a little confused. I mean, I was such a huge fan of Enzo and Cass, and then of course you guys left, and I've seen Cass popping up a lot on uh, you know either big say, bill man he's a yeah, so probably big, the worst name well, big bill? i cannot believe that's the name they gave him big I bill mean, that guy's a you know what's funny is i call him i call him willie mo that's okay. that's what enzo calls right. cash yeah people don't know this his okay. name is william patrick morrissey the third right. one of the coolest fucking names ever absolutely ever. right william patrick morrissey the third there's like 10 nicknames you can come up out of that big willie styles all in it yeah right? so what'd you think bill. when you heard big, big bill, bill. You like Big Bill? Big Bill. It's not much. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Dude, I got I got to tell you. I like Big Cass <laughs> a lot better than I like Colin Cassidy. Can I can okay. I call him Big Cass? Can okay. I call you Eric on this one statement? I want to say as a wrestling fan, we need you back in the majors. You are. I am in the majors. You, I'm in Major League Wrestling I, 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 right I, now. I, listen, I'm not. I ain't su- signed no contracts. I, no I'm not. Su- we want you I'm back. Su- we want you back. <laughs> I'm a handshake deal. Tony Khan, we shake hands. Tony you pay Khan. me when I show up. Vince McMahon, we shake hands. You pay me when I show up. I ain't doing these contracts with the devil. <laughs> You're done with contracts. Fuck with contracts. contracts. <laughs> show up. I get contracts. cash money. I get the fuck off the grid. <laughs> One of the great, one of the greatest talk, especially of his generation. You're one of the greatest talkers of your generation. Did you have to practice this? Did you practice this growing up? Which like I would want to say and make a very valid point, guys. My generation's over. Uh, I is. did it. I did it. Yeah. I am the greatest of okay. my generation. I believe you're one of the name me somebody great from 2010 to 2020 when I was in it. Nope. 
Can. Name him. You're you're Can. you're you're in Name the list. You're in the list with Piper. Punk, you're in the list with Piper. Punk was before me, bro. Yeah, Punk no. was before yep. me. Yeah. Cena was before yep. me. Yeah. Rock yep. and Austin were before me. Yep. But you're on that list. You're on that list. That's you're all on you ever want to do is make the list. You're on the list. You just made the list. All right, look, we're almost we're almost out of time. We're gonna hit you with something called the Farrell's final question. I want to thank you again for appearing on the show. It's an honor to have someone as great as you are on this show. So, Farrell's final question. Any chance we'll ever see Enzo and Cass again together in the WWE? Any chance? Uh, I I must say, man, I don't want to like ruin anything for him, or I can't speak for him. Okay. And I know uh, I, I'm not paying attention to really what he's doing right now on TV. So I I hope it's working out. I hope he's having fun, and I hope uh, I hope the fans are appreciating it because he worked really hard to get there, and uh, he went through some things that should be awe-inspiring. And, and every time you see him on TV. I hope whatever he's doing, you just take yourself out of it for a second and you look at that man and you realize, like, holy shit. He, he, that guy was morbidly obese trying to kill himself. Mm. Alcoholic. And now look at him. So fuck me. It has nothing to do with me. What he's doing right now is what's important for him. As far as Enzo and Cass go, like, that exists in one place, WWE, right? And he's in AEW. Mm-hmm. So that can't even be that can't even happen today, tomorrow, or the next day. So I don't even want to think about it. Um, okay. Okay. But I think that that's the stage it belongs on. I don't think it belongs anywhere else. Right. I don't think it would be right to give people right. this and then not be able to say soft, right? Like, <laughs> like, hey, man, like, if we so don't, great. there's only one company that owns that word. Right. So for me to say it, it would only be able to be said in one place. So. Right. Um, Hopefully, you guys were magic. Hopefully, you guys hopefully were uh, a generation of, you know, hopefully one, you know, like I got to wrestle Jericho. I grew up watching him and loving him. So hopefully a kid that grew up watching Enzo and Cass get to wrestle Enzo and Cass one day. There you go. And they're better than us. And they can cut promos better than me. Ooh, and they get yeah. the, they invent the word. Because I've been waiting for a while now. I ain't seen the. Yeah. You know, There's I, some shit I, going I, on, but uh, you know. I have one last question. You at, you were in a relationship with Liv Morgan, and she's really done a great job with her career. Do you think that because of your relationship, that she learned some stuff from you, and that helped her improve to become the wrestler she is today? I just she grew up in New Jersey, the same area I grew up in. So the things that were cool to me were cool for her. Mm. I didn't have to show her life. She 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 came from a tough tough childhood, really rough upbringing. Um. She didn't have anybody. Uh, when I met her, she was a Hooters waitress. And I used to manage that Hooters. And I found out she wanted to be a pro wrestler. And, like, look, man, when you meet a girl that looks like that, there's probably one thing on your mind. And I, I realized through speaking with the human that, holy shit, this is bigger than me. Getting her a job in the WWE is bigger than me just trying to get with a girl, right? So, uh... I got her a tryout, but I didn't do anything other than that. She earned it all herself. So um, I'm just happy to see that she did it. It's over. She doesn't have to do anything else. Yeah, it's yeah. over, guys. She's made like, it. Like, I know yeah. that people get caught up in the here and now, and they're always thinking about tomorrow, and nobody ever takes time to to reflect and, and enjoy what you've done. Uh, I hope that she does. I hope that she pinches herself and knows that she did it. Um, yeah, I'm proud of her, man. I'm happy for her. Uh no ill will, vice versa. You know, she's a good human, and um, she deserves it. So I just think that, you know, there's a few things that in life when you enter that world, 
that hopefully you get. You get you get a WrestleMania, and you get a title around your waist, and you get to feel those things. Mm. And she's done those things, so good for her. Well done. Well, thank you again. If you didn't know, you're watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Uh, we've got Eric Sims on next, and then at 8 o'clock, like I said, I'm being interviewed by the uh, Bourbon blog. And uh, hopefully terrestrial radio is in our very near future as uh, we've got a meeting with a station. So things are rolling. We want to thank everybody for the support. We want to thank you, sir, for taking your time out of your busy schedule. Best of luck tomorrow with your Giants. And uh, Farrow, you want to send us out? You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh, and until, well, what, like uh, 20 minutes or something? No, about five minutes. <laughs> until five minutes from now, we will see you in five. Later.